honestly one of the most valuable things that I've learned and unfortunately had to learn the hard way is to choose your inner circle very carefully. You're listening to the Branding Gems podcast, the podcast that is not just interviews and conversations, it's to bring you guys the best of the best women in branding and business to answer this question. What are your top three valuable tips and lessons that you learned along the way? And then we discuss it. To feel your passion-filled lifestyle business, I promise to bring you the best of the best women in branding and business. And together, we can grow and learn from the extracted advice that they provide. I'm Peggy Bree, and let's get growing. Hello, welcome back to Branding Gems. You're in for a sweet treat today. We have an amazing guest named Kay who will share her top three brand and business advice in her perspective. Kay is a contemporary fiction author and travel blogger who is focused on making travel more relatable, inclusive, and accessible to those wanting to travel. Along with hilarious tourist tales and travel guides, her posts offer travel tips for communities who are frequently underserved in the travel community. So her main brand is a travel blog called The Awkward Traveler, which is absolutely amazing. And thank you for showing up, Kay. Uh, Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. And also, can I say, you put like a lot of spotlight on me. I'm loving the love right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Even though we haven't met before, it's been so amazing to grow our relationships over these years and how wild it is that digital friendships and relationships can form these days. I know it feels like I've known you for like year. I mean, I guess technically we've like known each other for years, but we haven't ever really met or even like voice spoken together. So this is like, I'm glad we're crossing the next level of our relationship together. (laughs) Same. Um, It's so cool that we also did a book together and we haven't, we literally have not met in person or any of that. And then it's so cool that you can create a book remotely nowadays. So I'm so happy that you were able to be on our book. So the book is called Branding Quickies. And it's a book written by 20 amazing and badass women. Each section is written in first person. And everyone chimes in on their story, their best tips, their best lessons to help people grow their brand. And Kay was in it. And I loved her section. It was so transparent. And I loved Loved how the community and like the whole writing world works. And for someone who wants to build a brand as a blogger, they will be able to see that in your section. And also, I just want to say that the book is great because, you know, we all have different strengths and different niches, I guess. So, you know, whether you're a writer or you want to be like a podcaster or you want to start like wholesale store or whatever, you know, there's like tips from amazing women that can show you how to do it and do it authentically and in a way that you can build a really strong community. Mm -hmm. So let's dive right in. What are your top three valuable tips and advice that you have on branding and business? And let's start with the first one. Okay, so Since I am a writer by trade, I do fiction writing and I do blogging. My biggest branding tips are going to be focused on writing specifically. And my first tip is self-explanatory, but my first biggest tip is to read. But like 
read a lot. That makes sense. As a writer building an overall brand, it's definitely an essential to ingest a variety of reading materials because you can not only better your writing skills, but also I would think that you can get more insight and perspective on the other end on how one like reads and reacts to the material itself. So would you say that you read more materials in your niche or overall? I would say it's important to do both. Let's say you want to be, I don't know, a sci-fi writer. Obviously, you want to read your genre and know kind of how a good sci-fi book is put together so that you can kind of bring those aspects into your own writing. But I also want to stress the importance of reading books that are outside of your genre and also from a diverse range of writers and authors as well, because, you know, your perspective is just that it's only yours. And if you want to have a book or whatever you're writing, reach more people, you want to know, you want insight on what their perspective is. So as a fiction writer, I I try to read works by authors from, first of all, different countries um, just because, you know, there's a difference in the writing styles and how writing is consumed in different countries. And I also want to read different genres. So even though I'm not a big fan of like true crime novels, I can still pick up like cool tidbits and aspects of that genre and incorporate it into my own writing. So it's a way to kind of, uh, it's a growth method, just reading a lot of different works and then, you know, kind of bringing what you learn into your own writing. That makes so much sense. So for any writers or anybody who is a blogger in that space, it's really important to not just write and write all the time, but to really diversify your your readings and, and to even look into other authors and what they're doing. So that's that's a very important point. Specifically for bloggers, you definitely want to, you know, ingest blogging content from other creators from different countries and also different accessibility levels. For example, um, I recently became friends with someone who um, does not have good sight. So they use a um, a sight reader. So basically it, it reads your, your blog to them out loud uh, instead of them visually seeing the words or the pictures. So understand their perspective. So now I make sure that all of my images have like alternative text. So when they use a sight reader to access my site, it can describe the pictures accurately to them. So just consuming content from different bloggers will help you um, enhance your own blog and make it more accessible to more audiences. That's great. And it really ties into your overarching brand and mission and making travel and travel content more accessible for everybody. And so the fact that you're taking into consideration on the user's perspective of consuming your content is amazing. And it all fits. I love that. So what is your second tip? So my second tip would be when you are considering, you know, collaborating or building a partnership with a brand or a company, you really need to pick companies that you admire and also make sure that those companies and brands match your voice. So it's one thing to love 
XYZ brand, but if their brand voice is different than yours, like let's say they're more serious and more, I don't know, dry and you're a bubbly person, if you partner with them, even though you love their product or their service, it's not going to translate well. And there's going to be frustration trying to like meet somewhere in the middle. Mm -hmm. That's so true. Like why have a mishmash product together that doesn't work when you can find other brands that can complement your brand's voice instead and really help strengthen together overall. And another tip for finding, I don't know, brands or even if you're a writer, finding like agents that match your brand and also your values would be to go to conferences or you know, join a group and like make those connections and talk to them. And then you can kind of see what they're like before you try to initiate a partnership. Yeah, I agree. It's so important to make those right and like-minded connections with brands that are of the same values. And you can find these connections through like same interests networking events and they're even held remotely now. Yeah. So um, if you're a travel blogger, a lot of travel conferences have kind of shifted to have virtual events. Uh, and I went to one this year and I actually got in contact with a tourism board and we were the only people in the chat. It was kind of awkward at first, but then we kind of started chatting and joking around. And then, you know, we really started to like, well, I don't want to say we, I really like started to like them. Um, and, you know, we exchanged information, emails and whatnot. And then they actually ended up inviting me on a virtual press trip in which they kind of uh, brought me and a few other travel bloggers into a Zoom call and kind of, and then in the future, they were like, if you ever want to, you know, stop by, you're totally welcome to. So just from that virtual conference initially, I made a connection with them and I could see that they valued the same things I did and we got along. And then our business relationship progressed from there. <laughs> That's so true. Like when you click with someone both in person or remotely, it flows really well together, like similar brand tone, voice and mission, and also like fostering that relationship that stems from online is such a new experience. Like, for example, I'm in so many Slack communities that range from small to huge crowd. And even through that digital platform, I'm still able to find people, click with them, and also check out each other's like projects and missions. So regardless of meeting someone in person or remotely, it's definitely so important that it flows well together. Yeah. And kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum, before I started getting a feel for my brand or voice, um, uh, a company reached out to me that I actually love. Like, um, I don't want to like say them because it ended up being a not great partnership, but I love their product. And they reached out to me for uh, content production. So I agreed just like off the bat, they didn't even have to like say anything. So I made the piece and I submitted it to them all ready to go, super excited about it. And then they got back to me and they're like, oh, this is 
we don't like this. And I was like, oh, okay, like I can do this differently or this. And they're like, oh, we don't, we don't really like that idea either. Can you like do it exactly this way? And, you know, I'm someone who doesn't like to be like creatively directed, like so specifically. So I ended up getting really frustrated and all of the like tiny, like minute changes they wanted to do. And it just felt so restrictive to me. And I wish I had, looking back, I wish I had, you know, talked to them more or even asked more questions just to know what I was getting into. Because if I had, I probably wouldn't have taken that project. That's so true. I think it really is important to have that initial conversation before like diving into saying yes, yes, yes. Because it really is so easy to say yes when opportunities like present itself, but to really like let it harvest and, and develop questions and conversations with the other side. I think it's so important for both sides to really like agree upon the end product or goal is. So that's so good. So true. Mm-hmm. Definitely have to learn how to say no if a project doesn't fit for you. Mm -hmm. So to distinguish when a project is not a good fit for you, what is, what is that for you? Like, what does that look like? For me specifically, I, <laughs> I don't want to sound like a diva, but I need to have like complete creative control. Like if they even try to like change one thing, I will flip out. So moving forward after that one, um, lesson, I should say, I am very upfront and I say, you know, this is what I'm going to do. I have very limited like leeway there. And if you don't like the direction I'm headed in, then I'm going to pass on this project. And then you, you know, they're pretty open about it and they're like, Oh, okay. Or if they're not, if they do have a problem, they're like, Oh, okay. Thank you for letting us know, but that's not going to work for us. And then I usually just out of like good habit, I recommend some of my other friends or contacts that I think would be a better fit than me. Yeah. Recommending people and contacts from your network after that particular situation, it's definitely a good practice because it not only shows your professionalism, but it will also strengthen the relationship that you have within your network. And ultimately grow it together. So I love that. Alrighty. So what is your final most valuable tip? Okay. So that actually ties into my next tip. And honestly, one of the most valuable things that I've learned and unfortunately had to learn the hard way is to choose your inner circle very carefully. When you're like starting a business or starting a brand, it's very easy to get swept up and trying to make new friends and just connecting with like everyone you possibly can and just trying to be BFFs with them and, you know, texting them every day and join hopping in on a Zoom call with them. But one, it'll probably wear you out. And two, not everyone is fit to be in your inner circle. You know, your inner circle is going to be your like support system, your confidants, your soundboards. And like, even though you can be friendly with someone or be their friend, even you're not going to like perfectly match on everything. And that that's like totally fine. 
but you don't want someone, let's say if you are a sci-fi writer, I'll just use that again. If you're a sci-fi writer and you're constantly going to your friend who hates sci-fi about these ideas, <laughs> you know, you might not get that helpful of feedback or crit- not criticism, uh, critique on your idea because, you know, that's not really their thing. So just be mindful about who you trust and, you know, delve all of your deepest creative ideas and secrets to because you don't want to expend your energy and get stressed out when, you know, you can avoid it by carefully selecting people. Yeah, it's very, very true. So what are the uh, qualifications in in our circle? And would you say the safe amount is? As a writer, I feel like I have kind of a bigger circle. And then depending on that particular person, I would reach out to them and be like, hey, do you mind like reading this page? I'd love to know what you think. Um, Or if I think that person's better suited, they're like, I feel they're just as qualified to judge my work. So, you know, I, I might shoot it to them if someone else is busy. I would say I have maybe 10 to 12 people that I consider like in my circle, you know, who would be in my close friends list group. Um, but other people, you know, they like to have more just for, you know, a variety of opinions. Mm-hmm. So I guess it would be great to have opinions in your inner circle, but of course, people that you respect and you trust ultimately comes down to that, like and and their expertise, or even as a friend, as a, as a good support, or or just because you admire their work. And I think that in that circle, it really is so good to have because you can ultimately like grow with each other in that. And you know that it's just so secure because everyone's in it together. Exactly. You like nailed the description of like a brand inner circle. <laughs> yeah, it's so interesting, the topic of inner circles and especially formed digitally. Like I remember back then when engagement pods on Instagram were allowed and I was in so many groups and so to speak, like circles. And from there, I filtered out people that I actually vibed with and made an inner circle in those circles. So in that sense, like forming inner circles and friendships can really be done in different ways. And it really comes down to the people that you flow together with well. Awesome. Well, your tips are so good. I love them. And I love that it's in your perspective of your brand and business because it's such a, like when it comes to like branding and business, I, I, I kept it so general because I wanted people to have their own perspective on it and to have their own take on it and their own insights and bring that to the table instead of making it so, um, I guess, so, so hard to nail or um, that's probably not the right term but (laughs) um but yeah no thank you for coming on here and sharing your awesome tips oh of course thank you for having me yeah and what's next for you like what are your projects that are coming up what updates do you have on your end okay let's see I have a couple 
So on the fiction writing side, an update, I'm finishing my next novel. It is about, um, it's the theme, I guess, is Icelandic mythology. And it's about a girl who essentially has an Alice in Wonderland moment and finds herself in Icelandic mythology. Mm -hmm. And she has to, um, you know, find her way home. Cool. That's exciting. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, On the blog side, two things. Well, one of them is just me writing blog posts. That's not that exciting. Um, But I founded a foundation um, with a few other friends and it started out as a scholarship, a passport scholarship foundation, because we wanted, you know, to help make travel more accessible to people. And one of the barriers barriers of that is getting a passport, either strictly financially, or just even the mindset of I can get a passport and I can travel can be a barrier for some people. So we started the end of 2019, mostly 2020, um, you know, collecting donations and even um, putting in, you know, our own funds for this foundation scholarship, for the scholarship. And we had a couple applicants. Awesome. Sorry. Yeah. And we had, <laughs> we had a couple recipients. And since the passport office in both Canada and the U.S., which is where we are searching since they have reopened our recipients are starting on their applications so hopefully they'll get their passports in early 2021 that's a good idea that's so great i love i love how much you've invested in it and how passionate you are in doing that and and to really help people do that like it's so it's just so good it's so inspiring yeah and hopefully in the future you know we can also help our recipients, you know, get suitcases and supplies and even like sponsor their first trip abroad. That would be awesome. So those are all things we'll be looking into for 2021. Awesome. That's really exciting. Well, I'm really happy for you. I'm really excited to see all that come into fruitation. And thank you for coming on the guest. Well, thanks, Peggy, for having me on your Branding Gems podcast. It's been literally like a moment. And thank all of you for listening. Bye, y'all. Last note, if you haven't subscribed yet, please do. That will help us continue this podcast. And if you want to contribute your top three tips to help out other women in your perspective, or you know somebody who does, you can apply on brandinggems.com. Talk to you soon.